0: because actors start getting into it and we get really excited that we're like, ooh, swords. And we start getting really excited when we start swinging and your adrenaline starts coursing. So then it's on somebody else to be like, hey, remember that we're not actually trying to kill each other, we're pretending.
1: This is the Community of Theater podcast, where we shine a spotlight on the community theaters, the local theaters, the amateur educational and outreach theaters, the not for profit theaters of all kinds that stage over 25,000 productions across America every year. Today, we're going to have our first conversation about stage combat. Now, live theater can be a very physical medium. There was a dance number that got out of hand in a production of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers here in Central Texas maybe a decade back, which, if I recall correctly, resulted in at least a bruised rib and a broken foot. So I have to imagine that the risk goes up considerably when you're simulating actual violence. To get into this today, I'm joined by Nate Nelson, who you might recognize from a previous episode as co-founder of The Broke Thespians. Hi, Nate. Hey, Derek. How are you? All right. How about you? I'm pretty good. So you are a graduate of the Texas State theater program yeah yes and there you took a number of classes on stage combat or it was involved in it
0: yeah so i took one class that was like the the basic hand-to-hand class with toby and i didn't get to take he teaches also a sword class this is toby minor toby minor yeah and he also teaches a advanced stage combat which is more like swords Mm mm-hmm And then he teaches another class that's stick combat. So that's anything from like Eskimo, which is like the two sticks, like what Nightwing uses (laughs) to like bow staffs to shillelagh, anything that's like non bladed blunt, like sticks. Okay. I never got to take that one. But then right before COVID happened, he was doing a four week class based around swords on weekends. So we only did single sword, which is like swashbuckling pirate kind of thing. And then the second two classes would have been uh, broad swords, like big two handed swords. But COVID happened right in the midst of us taking that class. And because of that, like the studio we were at was like, hey, we're not going to let people in anymore for a while. So then it was like what everybody did where they were like, we'll take two weeks. We'll relax. (laughs) Everybody will go home.
1: Mm hmm. And to this day, I'm still waiting for those last two classes. <laughs> <laughs> so the the way that Texas State has divided up combat into different categories, is that something that's part of some universal standard or system? Or is that just the way it just got divided up there?
0: I think it's probably for the benefit of everybody should have like the very basic idea of what stage combat is first. Because mm-hmm. when you do it, there's specific steps you need to take like you have to a very big thing with it is eye contact. So it's like before you swing, you need to look at the person. Mm-hmm. And like when you lock eyes, that's when you know like I'm coming in now for whatever I'm about to do. So then they have the cue. So you're not just turning and while you're turning a hand is coming up to hit them in the face and they're like, "Uh." Oh. Yeah. And there's terminology and stuff like that that would just be easiest to get with hand to hand and then move on to swords and stuff.
1: Well, let's back out up from there. If new theater or a small theater in a rural area, not much of a community, they have a show with a mandatory fight in the show because it's part of the script or whatever, but there's no one around who has formal stage combat training. Mm -hmm. What do you think they should do? Is that the kind of thing where you just cancel the show or are there kind of basic principles that anyone can apply?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's basic, very basic, like you can look up on YouTube because there's a lot of a lot of stage fighting and film fighting is very similar the only difference is with film you can choose how the audience perceives the violence with theater it's a little bit harder because mm-hmm. the audience is set there and you can't just be like oh well I want him to throw this punch over his right shoulder so I'm going to turn the camera and have it be where I want it to be it's like you have to make it work now for an audience that's looking at it yeah but I think it's pretty I mean, anybody that's ever been in a fight can kind of like figure, figure it out kind of, cause it's mostly just hitting without hitting and making it so that the hit is unseen from the audience. So if somebody is going to get punched, then the fist should cross. Like if they're going to get punched in the face, mm-hmm. the fist should cross in front of the face. So that the audience sees just a fist going past someone's face. And then if that person reacts, makes a sound and falls, then the audience optimally can't tell that there was like six inches of space between the hand and the face. But it's something that like you could look up very basic slaps or punches on YouTube. Like if you have nobody that has any sort of experience, I don't think it's something that like. Would cancel the whole thing because everybody's seen action movies and like everybody yeah. knows what a fight scene should sort of look like.
1: Well, yeah, but it's one thing to know what it should look like versus be able to know how to stage without hurting people. It's true. And that's the and, that's the whole thing about And this, sometimes right?
0: people just do. I've seen productions where there's like a slap or a punch or something mm-hmm. and the person just goes, ah, just hit me. It's too much work to try and figure out something else. Oof. And I was like, oh, that would not be me. <laughs> no, <laughs> Could that would not doesn't, be me.
1: That sounds like a big ethical gray area at best
0: oh yeah well and it and then it's like because it happens and and i mean it's all on the person that's getting the hit because if somebody's like it's one slap mm-hmm. in this one show just do i don't care we don't have to spend time to do anything it's like an actor thing of like it'll help me it'll mm-hmm. help me get there or whatever but i don't think it's something that should be a point of contention or like something we have to work around i think if you have nobody that has any stage combat experience you should not do something like she kills monsters or macbeth Mm -hmm. something that has a lot of sword fighting and like fantasy type stuff that's integral to the plot yeah but i think a slap or a kick or punch or two is like because then you can also spend time working on it so it's not terrible like don't save it for the last thing you do Mm -hmm. which is unfortunately what I see a lot of people do is they're like, yeah, and then we'll put a fight here. We'll do that later. And it's like, well, we should do that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've choreographed fights, I get with the director and I'm like, what's the earliest I can get people in to do this choreography? Mm -hmm. Especially if we're implementing weapons or doing like dangerous maneuvers, like somebody's flipping somebody else. Mm -hmm. I like to start that as soon as possible. So then if we have 10 minutes that the director is like, okay, we're going to end early tonight, I can be like, actually, can I grab the people for that fight and we can just run that really quick? Mm-hmm. So then instead of once every two weeks we run this fight, it's like almost every time we rehearse, we're running at least a part of it that people are
1: uncomfortable with. So I'm I'm guessing fight blocking, fight choreo gets treated in a fairly similar way to intimacy, at least in organizations like the Broke Thespians where you have separated out those functions. You... Like you just alluded to, um, you have been brought in as a choreographer. It's not something that the director necessarily handles themselves. So you have to, I guess, when determining the schedule, the rehearsal schedule in the first place, you find out where you're going to need what uh, in terms of fighter or intimacy and then find someone to direct that.
0: Yeah. So usually what will happen is most of the shows that I've choreographed, I was in, so I didn't really have the trouble of like coming in to choreograph it and then being like, See you guys opening night. Yeah. But usually what you will do, like if I did go in and I was having to choreograph a fight scene, especially for something that's like extended, mm-hmm. you would appoint somebody in the cast to be the fight captain, which is similar function to a dance captain and a musical. So mm-hmm. their job is basically everybody does it differently. But like if when I've had to do fight captain stuff, I take a video of the fight and then each time we run it, I like watch the video, then watch the fight. And then I'm like, okay, make sure we remember that it's like this and like this. And make sure we're keeping this certain distance and this mm-hmm. sort of thing. So the fight captain is kind of like the interim choreographer. That's just making sure that everybody's doing what they need to be doing and making sure that they're still doing the fight the same way and keeping it sort of safe. Yeah. So that's the good thing about like, if you bring somebody in, cause I've, been brought in and then there's other times where it's like oh well nate's here he can Mm -hmm. do the fight for us but then sometimes like the director will want to do it or they have somebody in mind that they want to choreograph it and then it's just up to the choreographer and the director to talk about what they want it to look like what they want the ending to be if it's kind of like up in the air of like this how it exactly it should end Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually the captain will be in charge of running fight call before the show watching it making sure everything's like still safe yeah and that's like the paramount thing is like because actors start getting into it and we get really excited that we're like ooh swords lord of the rings cool i love <laughs> yeah. this and we start getting really excited when we start swinging and like fighting and your adrenaline starts coursing <laughs> so then it's on somebody else to kind of like watch and be like hey remember that we don't actually hate each other, and we're not actually trying to kill each other. We're pretending.
1: <laughs> and you alluded to, during the rehearsal process, you prefer to rerun the fights more often than, than others. But in my experience, once the show's actually open, Fight Call is a mandatory part of every single performance, right?
0: Yeah, so before every show—I mean, different times, but usually you do want to do it before House opens. Yeah. And we usually like to do it—if house, if house opens at 7 and the show's at 7.30— we usually like to get it done by like six thirty, which is around the time that everybody gets there. So then it's like you get here, we're just gonna run it. We're gonna get all that done. So then you have all of the rest of the time to like get ready. Yeah. Get your costume, makeup, hair, center yourself, whatever you need to do. So that's just like we get it out of the way as soon as possible. So then you have the rest of your time. I see it as like a warm up almost.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So what happens what do you do as a fight choreographer if someone changes their mind about their comfort level something midstream? I mean, maybe during the actual original choreography, but you know, later on in rehearsals or hopefully not, but during a production, how would you handle that?
0: Um yeah, then it gets a little bit tricky. I mean, you just have to have more rehearsals and you kinda have to figure out like, okay, with a new either boundaries or uncomfortabilities or sometimes it's just the actors start doing it and then it's just because of previous injuries that I didn't know about or different extenuating circumstances sometimes I've had I have had to in the middle of the run be like okay we're gonna take this part out Mm -hmm. and we're gonna incorporate this instead and we're gonna change it around a little bit so then fight call might turn into instead of we run it one time we Mm -hmm. run it two maybe three times for fight call so that we all can remember, remember that we're doing this instead of this. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I like to avoid that in the first place by before we do any fight choreography, I always ask people like, what injuries do you have? Do you have any disabilities that I need to know about? Mm -hmm. Like I did a fight for one time for somebody that had, I think it's called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is hyper flexibility uh-huh. in your bones so all of the joints and stuff will like flex too far to the point where it's like and it just will do it on accident because like you can't control it yeah so i had to choreograph a fight around that to be like okay we have to be careful then because you can't like twist too hard or their arm could literally just like twist out <laughs> it's a gnarly disease or disability but it's It's getting people because I've had people that are like, I threw out my back when I was like 30 years old and Mm -hmm. I can't get up or down really quickly. And I was like, that's very good information to know. But it's just learning all of that before you get started. So Mm -hmm. then you don't start and you're like, and then you're going to flip. And then they're like, if I get on the ground, I'm not going to get up. (laughs) But yeah, if they ever do change the comfortability or if anything changes, it's kind of like we have to come in, not the day of a show. Mm -hmm. Or if we have no choice, like early in the day to kind of figure it out, because I always choreograph with like everybody kind of gets a say. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what looks cool, but if it doesn't feel natural for you to do and you're not comfortable doing it, it's never going to look as good. So I can be like, yeah, and then you can kick and then you turn around and you kick him again. And then they'd be like, I don't think I can do that. And Mm -hmm. I'll always give it a like, okay, well, let's try. And then if it doesn't work or you don't feel comfortable doing it, we won't do it. And usually if people are not comfortable, it will never sell because they're going to be thinking a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And when you can tell somebody's thinking a lot about a fight or like something they're going to do next, that they're very like trepidatious about it. Cause I, I did a show not necessarily uncomfortable, but I did have to change a lot, not a lot, but I did a show where at one point one character had to be thrown onto a table and I think it was the second weekend the table broke <laughs> when he fell on it during fi- thankfully it was during fight call so we could like hold and like make sure he was okay but then they were like well the table's broken and that was like during the fight call for a show so I was like okay great we have 30 minutes to figure out how we're gonna fix uh-huh. Instead of, because he falls over the table and then somebody else gets pinned onto the table. What show is this? It was when I did Othello okay. in 2020. All right. But there was, um, yeah, it was like this wooden table. And even when we had it, I was like, oh, it's kind of rickety. I'm sure, but it will, but it holds everybody, but it holds fine. And then one guy got flipped onto the table and then the back two legs gave out and he like fell huh. to the floor because there was no table there to support his weight anymore. So he just kind of hit the dirt. And then somebody else got like somebody else that was fighting got pinned onto the table. So then I was like, okay, well, let's (laughs) figure out how we're going to do all of that without a table or not with the table, but without putting people on the table because the table would stand and you could put cups and stuff
1: on Mm -hmm. it, but not like the 160 pound weight of a man. (laughs) Yeah. So that incident happened during Fight Call, but do you have you ever experienced things where Fight Call goes wrong during an actual production? There's an actual injury that happens while performing? Oh yeah. I've
0: been um during a production, I've been hit in the mouth with the butt of a knife. I've seen people not in something that I did, but in a different show that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. Somebody was using a putter and part of the choreography was they hit somebody and the other person had to like block it. Uh, and the guy with the putter got a little excited mm-hmm. and swung it a little too fast. So the guy that was blocking it, it hit him on the forearm uh-huh. and left like a big welt in his arm. And it bent the putter like at almost like a 60 degree oh. angle. And thankfully... It didn't like, cause the immediate thought that goes through my head is if you're holding your arms in front of your face and then metal that bends swings, I was like the head of the putter could have hit him in the side of the head yeah. and like knocked him out. Usually I like to, I run things so much that like, hopefully that does, nothing like that hap- does mm-hmm. happen. But most of the time I think it's just cause like when I got hit in the mouth, I was too close. So it was mm-hmm. my fault. Because I had gotten stabbed, and he was supposed to pull the knife straight out, but my head was where he was supposed to pull the knife from, and my head had never been there before. Uh-huh. So he pulled, and it just, like, hit me. It wasn't, like, horrible. It just hurt, and I mm. I think I, like, bit my bottom
1: lip, so I was, like, bleeding a little bit, but
0: that was fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I think everyone in the theater community has this sense that if we are able to just keep going, we keep going. Oh, yeah, and... and-
0: Because of the adrenaline, like, I've been, like, accidentally stepped on, punched, but you just, like, in the moment, you are just so, like, in the moment of the fight that you're kind of just, like, whatever. Yeah. And you, like, don't even know. Like, uh, somebody came up to me one time and was like, sorry, man, I, like, actually kicked you in the stomach. And I went, oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah, that's Because I was just, like, so, I was just moving so fast and, like, things were just happening all around me. Yeah. And I'm also, like... As the choreographer, like, even while I'm doing the fight, I'm, like, eyes around to make sure that everybody else is, like, okay. So, I didn't even, like, people have stepped on my foot, like, need me in the chin. Like, and I just, like, at the end of the day, I'm, like, oh, so that's okay. <laughs> I didn't even notice, man.
1: I've definitely discovered bruises days after I obviously gotten them in in production, but never known where exactly they came from. But the, the actual thing that I was trying to get at that I'm curious about is do the broke thespians for example have a a policy or a sense of what's supposed to happen and who's supposed to take responsibility and do what if you do have an emergency level situation on the stage in the middle of a production that doesn't have to come from a fight scene it can come from anything but
0: oh that's a great question (laughs) um i mean you if the person is like in a place in a point where they like, if we deem the injury to be serious enough, we mm-hmm. probably would call the show. Mm-hmm. Because we also don't have, like, for most of our shows, we don't have understudies. Right. I think for, like, one of our shows, when we did um, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, we had a handful of understudies. Mm-hmm. But usually it would just be, it would probably, it would be up to whatever board members were at that show. Mm-hmm and the director and the stage manager to kind of like figure out like because if they were injured badly enough that we're like no we got to get them we got to get them gone then it would just be a matter of do we try to put a crew member or somebody in the show to just finish it yeah, or do we just go sorry everybody we had an actor that cannot continue the show I mean I haven't we have never talked about this thankfully we've never had to (laughs) Um, but I guess that would—that's a great thing to bring up in the next board meeting. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is I mean, you can't plan for literally every eventuality.
0: No, but it would be a good thing to think about because then it's like, well, do we refund the ticket or do we go? Sorry, here's a ticket for another show, yep. or for another night, something like that. But that's probably something that we won't even have to think about until it actually, hopefully, never
1: happens. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming in the the moment, if a crisis happens, it's probably on the stage manager to figure out what to do about it, right? Because that's the person who is actively running and responsible for the show at the moment.
0: I would say, yeah, most of the time, yes. We, for Broke Thespians, we have been lucky enough that usually our directors will be at every show, Mm -hmm. just to kind of like hang out, help out, like with front of house, anything like that. But if the director wasn't there then yeah it would be on the stage manager to call the show call the director mm-hmm. after the actor gets injured or be like okay sorry everybody we're going to take we're going to take 10 minutes to like figure out what we're going to do enjoy some refreshments in the lobby while we figure this out mm-hmm. or something like that so then it would be up to them to call the director and hopefully the director would answer yeah to be like okay well this person got injured so we need to figure out what to do
1: i've got the impression that's a just dis- distinguishing characteristic between community theater versus professional whereas in almost every show I've been involved in which have overwhelmingly been community the director is part of the production through to the end Mm -hmm. and some will kind of declare As of opening night, my part is done. I'm not going to be artistically involved anymore. I'm not going to make any more changes or give notes, but they're still present. And once or twice, I've had a director who had plans elsewhere. And I've been in a couple of of semi-professional productions where, yeah, once the show was up, the director's job was done and they just left. They left the state. And Mm -hmm. my impression is the more professional you get, the more that's true.
0: Yeah, I did... And not even really professional in the sense of like where it is, but Mm -hmm. the caliber of director a long time ago, when I did Jesus Christ Superstar, our director was our director and music director. Mm -hmm. And he was really big in the opera scene. Like he was one of the opera directors at Texas state. I think he was like a voice teacher at UT. Mm -hmm. So he, when we were doing Jesus Christ Superstar, he was there for all the rehearsals and then he was there opening night and he went, Okay, great opening night, guys. Break legs for the rest of the show. Um, I have to go start directing another opera, yeah. and like the next day that next Saturday was his first like read through with his cast, yeah, so he literally was like, Great show, guys, have fun and then we never saw him again <laughs> and then when I did ragtime at Texas State, it was the same, but the the director was faculty and it was right before like finals were coming around. So he was like, Great guys, great opening. I may come mm-hmm. to hang out like backstage once or twice and like just see how everybody's doing. But he's like, But I watched opening night and I'm not going to watch it again because I have to work on teaching. Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of it is like, if they're not there, it's because they like have a job that prevents them from being there. Usually it's not like, I mean, I've never worked at like, A regional professional level but i can imagine like once it gets to a certain point it's kind of like there's nothing left for you to do because then it's like at the regional professional levels there's whole teams of people that are there to like put out fires for you which is great because then as the director you don't have to keep coming back to check in and be like what are we missing do i need to go buy anything from h do i need to run across the street to heb to <laughs> very go different buy it? experience
1: from the, the homegrown community stuff
0: <laughs> yeah when i've seen yeah for all of broke thespian shows there's just been a point where like usually we don't make the director do it one of the board members will do it but if the board member is a director they will usually be like okay well we're out of the fake whiskey so i'm gonna run across the street to heb to go buy more and then i'll be back in a minute <laughs>
1: Alright, well we've veered way off topic as <laughs> as this podcast is wont to do and I'm not mad about it, but um, I do want to circle back to one more topic related to the stage combat, which is, are there any common resources or like certification boards or anything people should know about if they need to start researching?
0: Yeah, the main organization is the SAFD, which is the Society of American Fight Directors. Mm-hmm. They have a It's more often than once a year, but the main one is in the summer, they have a six to eight week intensive where you can go and you can get, they teach you like a bunch of different, there's like eight. Let's see if I can remember all eight of them. There's hand to hand, knife, broadsword, single sword, sword and shield, rapier and dagger, bow staff, and oh my God, there's one more (laughs) and one other one. I can't remember. But there's like eight different ones there because there's a beginning one where it just teaches you like the bare minimum of like, this is what a stage fight is. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that's more intermediate. So you can get certified to teach up to four of them. And what that means is that in the eyes of usually for like actors equity, when they look for fight choreographers, that's where they're going to look first Uh is the SAFD website. And that comes up with like, I need somebody that can choreograph a broadsword fight. So then they go onto the website and it's like boom 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 and it gives all of the names of people that are certified in that for actors equity it's kind of like somebody can be like oh yeah i'm a fight choreographer and they're like great how do we know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and also like how do we know that your caliber of work is up to the level of mm-hmm. what we want to do like if they did Macbeth on broadway they wouldn't just get some guy that's like i like swords Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and they'd be like okay well that's cool but (laughs) we need somebody it's not only like i'm good at doing it Mm -hmm. it's like i am also good at teaching people Mm -hmm. who may have never picked up a sword in their life Mm -hmm. and in the span of four weeks get them to be the scottish general that's killed hundreds Mm -hmm. and they have to get them to be at the level of i am so comfortable holding a sword that it is an extension of my body rather than I forget sometimes that I'm holding a three foot extension on my right arm and I'm knocking things over and I'm hitting people with it because Mm -hmm. I've just, I'm not used to this extension of my body, which is something that people don't think about when they're holding a sword or even if they have a sword at their hip, that it's like, you now have this three to four foot extension Mm -hmm. of yourself that you are not used to having. It's almost like a tail. (laughs) So it's like you turn and you like slap somebody on the (laughs) thigh because you turn too fast and your swords at your hip and you hit them with the sword. Or even when you have it and you're swinging it around is one thing that I really like to work with people on is just getting a sense of like how far is my reach with this sword. Mm-hmm. And swords are different lengths depending on the type of sword you use. But most people have just picked up like nerf swords mm-hmm. and kind of like the foam ones. And But the ones that I have used are all like real metal swords that are just blunted down. Mm-hmm. So you can't cut anybody. But with the right amount of force, you definitely could club and or stab somebody because mm-hmm. the point is blunted. But even with a blunted sword tip, it's still tip, a big metal point. It's still a big metal hard point that would be very. It could very easily puncture or do something like that. Yeah. There's back to the resources. There's websites you can rent weapons from. I think one of them is called Rogue Steel. That you can go to and they will rent you like for an amount of time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because swords are expensive, (laughs) especially if they're blunted down and specifically designed for combat use. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of swords, people will pick up a sword and be like, oh, this is I can use this to fight. Mm -hmm. And it's like, "Mm, (laughs) not (laughs) really, because a lot of swords that are made for decorations are made to be very beautiful. And that doesn't always mean that they're made to be slammed against other swords. Yeah, A lot of swords will, if they're not made for simulated combat, they could shatter. And when metal shatters, it sends a lot of metal shards out everywhere uh-huh. very fast. So uh, very not good for anybody that's in the area using two swords if they clash and then both break. So it's very important when you're if you do want to go somewhere and buy a stage combat sword Mm -hmm. that you're going to a site that sells specifically swords that are designed for stage usage. And Mm -hmm. it'll usually be swords that are also designed for, you know, that they use at like medieval times reenactment and yeah. And like when you go to the Ren fair and there's the Knights jousting and then they start sword fighting, it's like, it's the same. They're not using real sharp swords. Mm -hmm. They're using these, swords that would be swords but the blades are all blunted down so you can't actually cut anybody with it i use cult of athena that's a website that i have bought one or two swords off of Mm -hmm. that i really like and they're really sturdy because even if you are using like blunted swords and you're hitting it against another sword it's gonna get little divots even for ones that are like tempered steel that are used to like clang against even those will like take some chip damage yeah so it's very important to use safe swords.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers the the topic of the day. So uh, what shows do you have coming up?
0: We have, with Broke Thespians, there's no fights, but <laughs> there's Willy Wonka. Well, there's kind of a fight. I guess the squirrel scene is <laughs> It's not really a fight, more of an abduction and People a murder. People will have to
1: come and find out themselves.
0: There's a couple of murders, but there's no fights. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have Willy Wonka in the summer. And then at the end of the year, we have uh, Lobby Hero being directed by Beth James. But yeah, that should be great. I'm really excited for that one. I love Beth. And I love seeing all the shows that she's done. And I can't wait to see... This isn't part of us, but I can't wait to see 9 to 5 (laughs) in the summer that Beth is also directing. That uh, Mitchell, our president, is in. Mm -hmm. And Derek, across from me, is also in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We already had an episode on the... uh... The prep for that, and we're going to do a follow up afterwards to talk about all the things that go wrong in the process. So far, we only have one or two (laughs) significant items, but they're definitely there. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This has been the Community of Theater Podcast. I've included the link to the Society of American Fight Directors, SAFD.org, in the show notes. They have a ton of educational and training resources there. Looks like a great starting point for anyone without an expert already available. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app. If you have any feedback, please reach out to me at communityoftheater at gmail.com or message the show on Facebook. Thanks for listening. And if you're currently in a production, break a leg.